This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny. We also have a special guest on the phone with us today. That is the pianist, John Nakamatsu. Hello, John. Hello. Thank you for joining us. You're out west uh, in sunny California right now, right? Rainy California, but uh, <laughs> happy nonetheless. Yeah, oh, d- don't you even. What's it, snowing be, here? It'll, <laughs> it'll be sunny by the time this gets on the radio. John is coming into town to perform with the Toledo Symphony on March 23rd and 24th. That's this weekend, Friday and Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Paris Style. Uh, just a, a really rich, fun program here. Uh, music of Franz Liszt, his Totentanz, or the Dance of Death. We also have Rachmaninoff's Rhapsody on a theme of Paganini. That's sort of a dance of death, too. And then the uh, Symphony Fantastique of Hector Berlioz. I mean, Which includes you... a dance to death. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. So we have the common theme for our podcast today. It's, it's, it's a romantic weekend at the symphony. <laughs> Dancing it's like to come death. to die. Come <laughs> to die. Well, it's well, kind of funny because our last classics concert was all about the seven deadly sins, and now we have judgment and the day of wrath. It's, it's really perfect. It's, yeah. it's a Lenten promise. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> you know, timing is kind of great, right? See, we, you're the marketing we're, person. We're about two minutes this. in. <laughs> two minutes in, and Felicia is already time. scandalized. <laughs> That must be a new record. Yeah. So John Nakamatsu is uh, the pianist for two works, the the Totentanz and the Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini. Those two certainly tied together by this Dies Irae theme. I want to talk about Dies Irae. And, and who wants to tell us what that is for folks who don't know? Well, it's a um, so it's a it's a piece of Gregorian chant. I'm waiting for Merwin to look at me if I get something wrong here, um, which was the 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 basically the music for the Day of Judgment. Um, and 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 no fair. I want to point out that he and Felicia have program notes in front of them. I'm completely <laughs> going off the top of my head here. But but there. So so yes, the the Dies Irae shows up in the Totentanz, in the Rhapsody on the Theme of Paganini, and in the Berlioz. But there's actually another layer of why that's meaningful is that in the Berlioz, there's this whole idea of the Ide Fix, which mm. is the music of his beloved that shows up throughout the Berlioz Symphony. But we made our own Ide Fix by having the Dies Irae show up at all points of this concert. Wow. So it's 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 meta, but it's meta meta. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> what do you think of that, John? Well, I think it's 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 a really great way to um, show off. I think the genius of these composers because the theme appears in all of these guises, but sometimes it's almost um, so buried within the texture of other things that you're listening to that uh, you don't even know it's there. But it's 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 amazing how much music and how much variation is actually built on this one idea. And, um, you know, just along with the theme of variation, you know, the two works that I'm playing are basically sets of variations themselves. So, I mean, it's, it's really a, a neat kind of uh, uh, way to, to tie everything together. I think the audience will really enjoy kind of the thread throughout the evening. It's a, it's a good one to follow. Well, who can just to acclimate us to the, the melody itself? Who can sing it for us? Anybody know it? You going to force me to do it? You're yes, the singer. No. You are the singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
How's that? I, I need nice. That. Is, well prepared. Is that your ringtone? <laughs> that needs to be my ringtone. I love yeah, that. Can, can, can you make Who's it calling mine? calling my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get that on my, on my soundboard. Yeah, who do, you, who do you assign that ringtone to? Certainly not your wife. Listen, John, you could do a whole set of ringtones at the that's piano right. for us. Uh, you know, that's my, my next life, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> knock a ringtone. That's the tune. <laughs> that's the tune. If we were to sing it, we'd say, Die, Right? And, and, and I think what you just sang is the opening of the list. So, you know, the audience won't be able to miss this. I mean, at least that's the opening yeah. piano. Yeah. It's not a subtle tune. It's not very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is It is more subtle in the Rachmaninoff. It's hidden in and around, and I, I think it's only at the end. John, you might know better about that, more about oh, that. Oh, it comes, uh, actually, it comes in the middle. Uh, in the the middle. pianist has one variation where uh, uh, the, the first part of it is pounded out uh, kind of in, in staggered rhythm. So uh, you'll, you'll hear it, but uh, it, it's a little bit more clear at the end when it comes back in a, in a very loud way. But uh, it's it's all there, uh, kind of throughout. So yeah. it'll be it'll be a challenge to maybe we could have a contest like a where, where's Waldo? Where, yeah. where's, <laughs> where's death? Where, where's <laughs> death? Oh where's the reaper? <laughs> where's the grim reaper? And he, and we'll give just... everybody and then paddles here in the audience. <laughs> yeah, no. we'll give everyone paddles with a grim, grim reaper, and when they hear it, they should raise it in the air. Is this a bad <laughs> idea? This is no. a bad idea. I think we have no. time to make this. I think so. All Felicia, we have nothing else going on. I, I, Felicia, <laughs> you have to get on this. I think. <laughs> yes, I have time. Uh, you know, this could have been a whole. This audience. could have been a months long. You know, promotion. Where's the Grim Reaper and, and pictures of him in various places <laughs> around Toledo. Well, it'll look great in the Paris Bar, where it's almost like a Roman Colosseum. You know, so people with knives and all kinds of things, just like holding them up. It'll be yeah, fantastic. it's perfect. We can do. You know how people reenact those paintings from their youth? We can sort of like try to reenact some Hieronymus Bosch paintings <laughs> and see if we can. Reenact paintings from your youth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. about I don't this. Know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you about that, but I didn't want to be the only one to say that I don't know what you're talking. It sounds about. like an well, Arrested Development. It, listen, isn't that wow, like where, very? Like, is your last name Bluth? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, let, let's, this is the uh, tableau vivant like section okay. of the concept. Let's let's try again. Let me let me try that again. People, you know how people reenact. Pictures, <laughs> photographs from their youth. Oh, not yes. paintings. Oh, okay, oh, yes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like in bathtubs? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Wait, with their tubs. siblings? No, it's like the Flintstones. <laughs> no, no, like with their siblings, and then you're like in the same positions as yes. when you were. Yeah, yeah. I, no I, the, the, the leap oh, to no. the bathtub. I think that's okay. That's a question for you and your therapist to talk no. about next week. <laughs> Felicia, Felicia, you, you're on the same page. You understand what I'm talking about. I think so. People that, w- with their siblings or whatever, they have the family photos when right. they're young, yes. right? I, I just said paintings because I was thinking of, of that, that. That's how your family works. Yeah. So the, <laughs> that's what you have at home. The, yes. Etch a sketch, right? <laughs> Reenact the etch a sketch, you know, tying so, it. So, Rachmaninoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. One of the things I love about this program is that it's uh, it's for me it's a lot of the music that I I associate with these great living stereo recordings from the 60s you know this was this was very popular classical music in uh, in the early days of recording and um, you know the the Rhapsody and the Paganini uh, is and always has been a showpiece uh, the Berlioz was a um, kind of a, a demonstration LP for the the stereo speakers that were coming out at that time how loud can you make it and how subtle yeah. can you make the uh, the quiet parts 
and um, and then uh, the Totentanz was uh, it was kind of a, a calling card for Byron Janis at that point. I think he recorded a couple times with uh, Fritz Reiner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there there are a couple of different versions of that Totentanz, right? I mean, there's one with orchestra and one without orchestra. Right. There are there are several versions. In fact, I think Liszt was uh, revising it for years before he kind of settled onto a couple final versions. And yes, there there are even um, versions with two pianos, although that's kind of more like the piano and orchestra version. But uh, it, it's it's amazing piano writing and and uh, yeah. dancing with death is also a theme for the soloist because you're kind of doing that the whole time and uh, on stage. So we'll, we'll see what happens if I now, survive. <clears throat> do you think you could do us a favor and maybe for the concerts um, just show up like in a black robe with a hood? <laughs> come walk, how, how do you know that's not what he typically come, wears? Come walking out. <laughs> I'm walking out with you know the 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 what do you call it the reaper the, the Sith yeah the scythe yeah. scythe come walking out with a scythe like an axe lay it lay it down <laughs> a scaffold he'll come up with a scaffold yeah. for the for the a cannoli something like that you know I want to be I, I want to know your grim reaper yeah <clears throat> yeah I think that would be a fantastic visual for this concert see what you can do about that okay I'll I'll try now I have put together a uh, supercut of uh, different quotations of the DSRA in music and uh, because it's appeared in so many different pieces of music so many composers have quoted it not only in classical works but also in film scores you hear it a lot in just about every horror movie you know from the 60s through the 90s uh, they use the DSRA chant theme so I have a supercut here it's uh, just about three minutes long we're going to play little bits and pieces of the Dies Irae, and uh, I'll leave the mics open so we can talk about it while we listen to it, but let's see if we can identify any of these. Are everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Here we go. Yep. That's me in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> this is the actual original chant. And we'll progress from there. from a, a movie score the opening of a film and now we're in the barely yeah, house yeah. yeah first one was The Shining Shining that's what I thought it was I knew it was Kubrick and I was trying to figure out that I could see the black screen yeah. and the words Dead Elvis? Yeah. <laughs> Dead Elvis. We can't seem to get away from Lowell Lieberman. When, <laughs> Michael well, Doherty. No, Michael Michael Doherty. Doherty. All right, we can't get rid of away from him either. <laughs> <laughs> this one's uh, uh, more obscure. I totally missed that one. What was that one? You have to recognize that. Well, that's a list. Yeah. Was that Austin Powers before? (laughs) No. (laughs) But John, I was hoping you would get this one. (laughs) (laughs) We can see how much he's been practicing. This one's really hard. 
gonna give the soundtrack to Rebecca. Close. Pressure's on, Merwin. Is the Melstein transcription? No. It's not a Melstein. Oh, yeah, Isai Bellat. Yeah. Yeah. One of these eyes. The obsession. Isai obsession. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're to what John was talking about. Yeah. This is Paganini Rhapsody. Extra points if you identify the pianist. This is John Nakamatsu. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Then that's the end. No, it was Philippe Entremont. Oh, it was Philadelphia. That was my seventh, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but a couple that we missed, the, the first one back there that nobody got was uh, Respiki, Brazilian Impressions, for some I'm reason. Not I'm not quite sure where the Dias theme comes into oh. that, his you know musical portrait of Brazil. I think every time Brad tries to have a single um, a single moment where all of us are going, huh? <laughs> and I think Respighi Brazilian impressions was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's a safe bet. The stumper. Every time I, I stump you, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> which, which, which is In a clue. News. <laughs> which is a clue actually to one of the excerpts that we heard, the one that sounded very mono. That the, was from uh, the soundtrack for "It's a Wonderful Life." It's a wonderful. The life. thing that I guess was Rebecca. Really? Yeah, Dmitri Tyumkin uh, wow. composed the score for that, and it's a scene where he's where he realizes that he wants to live. He's like, "I want to live, I want to live." You know, he's he's praying over the bridge, and that plays in the background. Interesting, interesting yeah. choice. Yeah, <laughs> and the other thing that we didn't get, which surprised me, um, perhaps if I played the the part that leads into what we heard, you would have gotten it. It goes like this. Da 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 Boom 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 boom. That's Star Wars. Star Wars. I thought you were going to have some school children's songs. Because this theme actually crops up like during Halloween a lot. Really? Yeah. There's one like the ghost of John. Not John Nakamatsu. <laughs> I'm so sorry. J O H N. John, aren't you happy you participated? <laughs> You're like, what am I getting myself into in Toledo? <laughs> Once again. So, uh, you know, just an example there of, and there are dozens, maybe even hundreds more examples of how that Dies Irae is used in the Franz Liszt piece. John, tell us a little bit about your history with. This uh, Totentanz, first of all, because it's such a, a fantastic piece of music, and it doesn't seem like it's performed all that often, is it? No, I don't. I don't get to play it very often. But the first time I played it was actually in a concert paired with the Liszt Second Piano Concerto. So usually it's it's paired with something, and I've actually done it uh, in another place with um, uh, the Rachmaninoff. So uh, it, it's a short piece; and it doesn't last more than fifteen minutes, and uh, it's. Um, it's pretty dramatic and uh, um, I would say forward-looking throughout, uh, but it's definitely a test of uh, you know stamina and uh, I think coordination between the orchestra and the, and the soloist. In, in fact, both works are, are really only successful in performance if 
there's there's this chamber like atmosphere on stage because there's so much give and take and it's often very very quick uh and so we're uh, on our toes basically for the entire piece so there's not there are not a lot of moments for us to rest so and and i, I speak for all of us because it's as much as uh, the piano is kind of in the forefront it's really in many time in many ways only providing texture to what's going on in the orchestra. So the other thing to look for in this concert is how well both of these pieces are orchestrated and uh, how, how uh, I think, intelligently, the piano is incorporated into that, that texture. It's, it's, and it's a lot of fun to play. Where does this fall in his uh, compositional sequence? Is this before the concerti, in the middle, or after? No, it's after. Um, because uh, he... And... Um, the premiere was like 1865, so uh, he um, he had already done his you know, important orchestral works with piano, and um, this was really an, an interesting way of. These are of, both uh, kind of like codas to the great performing virtuosi, right? Like they're yeah, yeah. Like I think I think the Rachman, the Rachmaninoff as well is kind of a capper on the on the concerti. Yeah, this was. Before, uh, this was composed after his last concert, the fourth piano concert, which actually was not ever popular and still really in today's world isn't so popular. Um, it never achieved the heights of the third and the second piano concertos. But this kind of brought him back into the um, composer spotlight. This work, I think, is one of his most admired, Rachmaninoff's most admired works of all his compositions um, because of how tightly everything is uh, integrated and, and constructed. It's, it's, you know, even for people who don't like Rachmaninoff, I think there's something to, to uh, grab onto in this piece for them. Uh, I think everybody has tremendous respect for the integrity of this piece. Wait a minute. There are people who don't like Rachmaninoff? Oh, I meet them all the time, yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> You really? think. They just pass you on the street and they're like, I don't like Rachmaninoff. They, they wear shirts. They do all kinds of things. It's, it's a, it's, it's a cult. Must be really? San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do the shirts say? I have to know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I like, just, I'm yeah, with. Really, uh, they they I'm, have a picture I'm of a really ugly it. looking yeah. guy and they have a big <laughs> red line yeah. through the middle in the circle. The international yeah. symbol for, yeah. for no. <laughs> We only like we only like pianists whose hands can span less than a ninth. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Too much is cheating. <laughs> wow. I would like that club, but <laughs> we can oh. we can get that ready for you. We'll have that right right along with our paddles with uh, <laughs> with death on them. John, I can't wait. Uh, John, have you ever played the um, the list and the Rachmaninoff in the same program before? Once, once before, I have done that, and. Um, it's it's exhausting. I mean, uh, it, it because both pieces in some ways are like a sprint. You know, it's all the material gets thrown out there in a very short period of time. Both pieces are not that long, um, but unlike a concerto where there's kind of this long development of, of of material and built in places for you to rest, there is almost no rest for the soloist in either of these pieces. So and you're you're stretched to the max. I mean, you know, Zach was talking about small hands. A lot of this music is written for not necessarily beyond an octave, but for people who could play beyond an octave. So the 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 issue of strength and stamina is, is, is really one to be one that gets tested in, in, in this particular mm. combination. So, Zach, I mean, this is why I taught you about adding a third piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Rams too. I totally can't. Yeah, Rams too. That would be a nice yeah, yeah. little chest. Dead Elvis. Be, that would have been a good uh, shot there. You know, yeah. Michael Dover bring out the bassoonist. So, 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 John, uh, complete the sentence. When when I looked at Toledo's lineup and I realized I was going to have to do the Toten Tense and the Rhapsody Anthem of Paganini, I felt deathly <laughs> ill. <laughs> I feel the need to have some sort of nourishment yeah. close to the stage and just like so there's feed. Definitely... I'm going to have a big roast chicken right next to me on the stage. <laughs> but you know, you do have you do have in the Rachmaninoff, you have sort of a little bit of a, a, a rest in that hypnotic section that leads up to the 18th variation. You know, yeah, but that isn't a rest because that's a memory minefield. So it almost that's that's almost the other type of stress is that there's no room to just let let down for a moment. Like, you know, with Brahmanov, the, the writing is so chromatic and intricate that you have to, it's in a way like Bach, where you have to be on top the entire time. There are no kind of repeated uh, left-hand patterns that just go on for, you know, bars and bars and yeah. bars. It's, it's, it's every single pattern is unique. And, and so for, for that reason, uh, even, even something that's slow and uh, you would think relaxing, we, we, we aren't so relaxed up there. So you you're just while you're playing it, you're worried that you're not that you're going in the right direction with all you, those. Yeah, we're we're always worried about that, even in life. But, uh. <laughs> John, you've you've played the Rhapsody enough times. What do you think, and what's going through your mind when you get to the 18th variation? That gorgeous, gorgeous moment in classical music. Do you have a moment to sit and appreciate it while you're playing all of those impossible notes? Well, that that for sure, because um, again, you know the the. The treatment of the of the material is so amazing. You know, he's just flipping the pattern of this Paganini caprice to get this uh, this incredible melody. Can, can you play it mm. out on the piano for us? Just the melody for folks who, sure. who don't know, so they can hear it. I'll run to my piano. You mean you don't have one next to you? Zach wants to know if you know any uh, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Frank Sinatra knew Rachmaninoff. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I do. You know, the other thing is, as as Brad said, that seventeenth variation kind of melts right into the material of the eighteenth, and that is is magical transformation. You know, go from this B flat minor kind of dark, very chromatic, very. Um, uh, ruminating sound to suddenly the light kind of going on it's it's brilliant and and the audience you can feel the audience just kind of come with you that whole way it's it's a very rewarding oh, yeah. piece to play um but as i said it's 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 quite uh compelling and and uh demanding but uh you know that's what we're paid for yeah <laughs> i love the ending of it uh, where you have just that little lick at the very end yeah, yeah. I, I, I often think that Rachmaninoff has should win the award for the most creative ender of all <laughs> yeah. composers. You know, there's there's never just five one. There's always something really interesting about how <laughs> even the solo piano works. You know, there's nothing. It just doesn't stop. It's not about just finishing the piece. There's there's creativity and just thought through the to the last note. And I find that so great. And even in this piece, you know, it ends really quietly for all that bombast. And and it's 
it, it surprises some people who don't know the piece, uh, and it makes a lot of people laugh, and, and uh, it's... <laughs> I think it's great. So is there something to be said about that? At the end of the second or the third concerto, you're on your feet, people are screaming. It's the sort of thing that just sends people into the sort of response where they, they can't keep it bottled in anymore. That's For right. the Rhapsody, it's it's almost like a raspberry. You know, he has his, he's winking at the audience with this kind of funny ending and, and people chuckle and then they, do, do you feel that people say, oh, that's it? And then they start applauding? Yeah, well, sometimes it catches people off guard. You know, it does sound like an ending, but then it all of a sudden just stops. And uh, it's supposed to be funny, but people um, kind of wonder, really, is that it? Because also, <laughs> since, the, since the piece is played without break, really, right. and, and it's not terribly long, people wonder, really, is that it? Do we have to go out now? Or I don't really. So it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's surprising, and it's inventive, and it, I don't think anything's quite paralleled that uh in that in that way so in that with that amount of success actually well you hear those two themes at the very end the dsire very strongly and then the paganini theme coming in as well and it just sounds like a little bit of a, a you know a shoving match between the two until the very end and then paganini's like oh by the way you know right. gets in that <laughs> the last word so it's very subtly crafted uh, a great moment in in that piece. We have just a, a few minutes left, and I don't know. Do we want to say anything about the Berlioz Symphony Fantastique? Everything you ever wanted to know in in two minutes. Berlioz was crazy. Can we say that he, <laughs> it he was, was absolutely off his rocker? He was obsessed with a woman who uh, he actually married in real life. Uh, this is the story of of his um, infatuation with her. There is an opium induced. Haze. So, uh, yeah, so I think he, he he imagines that he kills her, or is there an accidental death or something? And then he thinks he gets marched to the scaffold and he's burned by witches or something. Yeah, there's a lot that, of different, that, that's my yeah. two two minute version. Well, that's where the DSIRE comes in, and, and the which is Sabbath comes in, which is Sabbath in the Symphony Fantastique. Yeah, he he was obsessed with this Irish actress, Harriet Smithson. Yeah, they, they eventually got married, although and, and, it didn't end very well. Well, but here's the thing, I. I never realized this until I was reading the program notes. Because see, I read them too. Um, they were married for quite a while for yeah. there to be such a disastrous marriage. I mean, it's a famously disastrous marriage, probably given how aggressively it started. Well, she didn't speak French and, and he, didn't he didn't speak, speak English, English. So I think that probably helped. <laughs> <laughs> like all great romances. Uh, yeah. They just shrug and politely look at each other. Yeah. But the music is fantastic. I think and, it's fantastique. Uh, Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Fantastic. You can't set me up like what that. What do you think, John? You have anything to say about the Symphony Fantastic? Are you just going to be like backstage having a whiskey at that point? Well, I'll probably be hooked up to IVs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love how like he, I like how your humanity is torn through these two pieces. Um, I think what you should do is tell us how complicated the piano part is for the Fantastic. <laughs> now, John, you've been in Toledo before, right? Yes. Yeah, and and uh, you now did you know Zach before? I heard somebody somebody saying that you guys knew each other. I was well, John's yeah. artist liaison. <laughs> yeah, when he he picked me up from the airport, and he was just 
you know, I thought just the cutest little guy, you know, back then. <laughs> I remember telling him, oh, because little, John walked little... right by me, and I said, Mr. Nakamatsu, Mr. Nakamatsu, I'm so sorry. I was looking for somebody taller. That That's where my tact Is was. Is that what you said? I did, and he, he spun around, and he said, well, I was looking for somebody older. <laughs> wow. I think I was a sophomore in college at this point. Wow. <laughs> so are you, uh, are you going to pick him up again this time, Zach? We'll see. I, I, it depends <laughs> if he's grown. Are you still the same height? <laughs> well, that escalated quickly or de-escalated <laughs> as the case may be. Yeah. Well, the concerts again are this weekend, March 23rd and 24th, Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. Alain Trudel is at the podium. John Nakamatsu is at the piano. Wonderful program. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or 419-246-8000. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast at our website at wgte.org lab or by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Merman Sue, Felicia Canyon, especially to you, John Nakamatsu. Thank you for joining us by phone today. We look forward to having you here in Toledo. My great pleasure. I look forward to it. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.